Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in Wednesday edition of the program. Glad to have you along for the ride. Let's take a look at the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one here in just moments, we have our Zaxby's headlines, a summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news. Later in the show, it's Wednesday, so Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times checks in. We'll get the latest on IU football and basketball today, of course. Looking ahead to Saturday, IU hosts Michigan State. And if you look at the schedule and for this team to put together a nice second half of the season and with the possibility still there to become bowl eligible, this is a big one at home for Indiana. There's still some question marks about IU football. There is no question about that, but this is a game Indiana uh, needs to win as they look ahead to maybe a more approachable schedule at least even though the Big Ten top to bottom pretty good this year we'll cover that and more with Dustin we'll get into some basketball stuff as well later in the hour Josh Cook sports editor of the News and Tribune will check in as well for his Wednesday segment brought to you by Major League Shirt Company uh, lots to get to it's been such a busy week as far as news go that we really haven't even had time to talk about the sectional pairings in football so not only will we get ready for The last week of regular season football this Friday night with Josh, we'll talk about the pairings and maybe locally some of the teams that have the best opportunities uh, to work their way in future weeks through the bracket and maybe bring home a sectional championship. So that coming up here a little bit later in the program today. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals that are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Also, the Thornton's text line always open here on the Big X, 502-414-1450. That's 502-414-1450. Maybe you've got an IU basketball or football question for Dustin or maybe a comment on a local football team that you think has the best best path to a sectional championship, you can send those in to us. And don't forget that Thornton's, who brings you the text line here on our program, is the perfect stop for all of your best pick-me-up items that you need to get your day started, like fresh coffee and delicious donuts. Let's get into the Zaxby's headlines for this Wednesday program. We are almost halfway through the month. And looking at the calendar, we are just about, uh, we are under a month now away from the official start of the college basketball season. I think the first games maybe this year on November 9th. So we are within a month of the start of the college hoop season. Uh, But the lead headline today is this, Trace Jackson Davis named to the preseason first team All-American team that was released earlier today 
by Dick Vitale and ESPN.com. No surprise that TJD gets that honor. He's had a number of big preseason recognitions when it comes to Big Ten honors. Also, college hoops across the country as well, recognizing him as one of the better players back this season. But another honor for Trace Jackson Davis, who clearly is set up for a big year in Coach Woodson's debut in Bloomington. Also, a recruiting note, this one not going Indiana's way, a power forward from Illinois named Owen Freeman, who we only recently in the last week or two ago began talking about his interest in IU. He's off the board. He has already committed to Iowa, so the Illinois uh, prospect commits to Iowa. Uh, had lots of interest from Wisconsin. Of course, home state Illinois was in the running as well. Michigan State, IU really seemed to just be getting involved with Owen Freeman. But Notre Dame, Wisconsin, Michigan State, Indiana, Marquette, Northwestern, Ohio State, Purdue, Butler, Wake Forest, Illinois, Western Illinois. He had a slew of scholarship offers and had really come on at the close of the summer evaluation period and into the fall as well. But Owen Freeman committed to the Hawkeyes, a big pickup in the 2023 class for Fran McCaffrey and the Hawkeyes program. Also, the Boston Celtics, after a pause, are back in action tonight. And, of course, we follow the Celtics locally because of Romeo Langford, who is expected to get some playing time tonight. Uh, the Celtics on the road in Orlando. And, of course, just a week and a half ago, uh, when the uh, Magic played at Boston, it was Romeo Langford's last-second three-pointer that lifted the Celtics to a big preseason victory. Romeo should get lots of time tonight. I was talking with Chris Grenham of Forbes Sports, who covers the Celtics, earlier this morning. And of course, Jalen Brown is out with COVID. uh, Horford also has COVID as well. And Smart, Tatum, Richardson, and Schrader, I believe, are expected to be out tonight just because it's a preseason game. And a lot of times, the starters, the key players, you don't always see them get lots of minutes. Sometimes they don't play at all. And that seems to be the case tonight. So if you want to see Romeo Langford possibly get the start, and probably log a lot of playing time tonight's game at Orlando, a good opportunity to see him in action a little bit later this evening. So that will be fun to take in later tonight as well. Also, uh, let's look at the sectional pairings in high school football. Sectional 16 in 5A, Jeffersonville at Floyd Central in Week 1. Seymour at Bedford North Lawrence as well in Game number 2. New Albany got the bye. They will take on the winner of Jeffersonville and Floyd Central in the bye game. So a break there for maybe the team you would consider the favorite uh, at this point in that local 5A sectional. 4A sectional 23, eight-team sectional. Our local team of interest there is Silver Creek. Silver Creek will play at home against Martinsville in the opening week of play. Silver Creek, if they win, will get the winner of the South Dearborn-Madison game in week two. The other side of the bracket in sectional 23, Mooresville at Jennings County and Greenwood at East Central. East Central, the favorite there, always good in 4A football in the state. Also in 3A, sectional 31, another eight-teamer. That will feature local team Charlestown. They will host Greensburg uh, in game one for the Pirates. If Charlestown victorious, they will take on the winner of Franklin County and Lawrenceburg. The other side of sectional 31, Scottsburg at Brownstown Central, Rushville at Batesville 
Uh, those make up the other two first round games in sectional 31. Of course, uh, Charlestown's been hot recently, but I think you'd say that Brownstown, probably the favorite, also Lawrenceburg as well, one of the favorites to come out of that sectional. A couple other local teams, North Harrison and Cordon, Salem as well, they are all in sectional 32, also in 3A football. North Harrison at Heritage Hills in game one for them. Corden goes on the road to Evansville Bossy. Salem at Southridge, that's the other first round game. And then Gibson Southern will take on uh, Mount Vernon on the road in the final sectional 32 first round game. Moving down to 2A football, Providence, who how about the Pioneers? They've come came back from down 14 points the last two weeks and uh, see if they can keep their success rolling in the postseason. They will play at Switzerland County in game one. Union County at Paoli, that's uh, who Providence would take on the winner of that contest. Triton Central, always the favorite in sectional 39. They play at Eastern Pekin, and Clarksville will host Mitchell in the final game of first round game of sectional 39. And in Class 1A football, sectional 48, Rock Creek goes on the road to West Washington for the opener. The uh, Lions, if victorious, and West Washington's a solid team, so it would be a big challenge for Rock Creek. They would take on the winner of Springs Valley at North Davies. And the other side of sectional 48, as far as the pairings go, Eastern Green at Tecumseh and Perry Central plays at North Central Farmersburg. We will talk more about these uh, football pairings and who is the local team, who are the local teams that have the best chance to win a sectional in football locally. You know, I say this every year, uh, yeah, we get some sectional winners from time to time, but if you look back and compare sports, I don't care if it's basketball, soccer, baseball, whatever the local sport is, we don't get the success at least deep into the tournament uh, from Clark and Floyd counties in football that we see in other sports. Part of that is because things are spread out so much in football. If you look at, the, and I know there's some exceptions to what I'm saying, but oftentimes lots of mileage between some of the schools that compete in the same sectionals. So you don't always get local winners like you do in a lot of the basketball and other sports sectionals here locally. But maybe this is the year that someone makes a run beyond the regional. I would have to think a while uh, to come up with the last Clark or Floyd County team that made it through the regional round and was a local representative in a semi-state football game, which is the final four if you make it that far in the state football tournament. Those are a look at our headlines for this Wednesday edition of the program. Still ahead, Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times joins. Also, a little bit later in the hour, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, will go through these football pairings. We'll get you ready for the final week of high school football. And as far as regular season football goes, big rivalry game on Friday night. New Albany and Floyd Central will battle. If the Bulldogs can win it, they will win the Hoosier Hills Conference outright. Of course, New Albany already has a share of the conference championship, but they'll have to beat the rival Highlanders a little bit later in the week for that to be all theirs. That's our headlines for this Wednesday program. We'll head to a break. We're back with Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times. IU football discussion ahead. We'll also get into basketball as well. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.
We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back here on this Wednesday program. Dustin Dopirak is my guest. Dustin, the IU beat writer for the Bloomington Herald Times. He's with us Wednesdays on the program. And just a reminder, before we talk with Dustin, you can always send in your questions and comments on the Indiana Hoosiers to the Thornton's text line at 502-414-1450. The number, again, 502-414-1450. Download the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app today for great offers and savings on fuel every day. Dustin, glad to have you with us again today. Want to start with some IU football and a story you had recently about Devin Matthews, who really went numb, according to what he told you in a recent IU game. He had to go to the hospital and obviously back now for Indiana, but what a scary moment for him. And you got kind of an insight to write about it here recently. Yeah, no, absolutely. We got to talk to him uh, yesterday for the first time since the injury that obviously happened in the Iowa game. Um, you know, I didn't know a whole lot about him, but you, you saw him on the field and kind of shaking at his hand. Um, so basically a lot of what he told us sort of tracked with thought uh, was going on there. Obviously, the some social media uh, reports I think he put out on his Instagram that the hospital, um, and that track, I think he had a next on at the time. Um so that was sort of just finally getting from his perspective uh, was interesting here. But he said, you know, I was I, I you know got hit basically didn't didn't see it as a weird hit. It didn't seem like you know he didn't dip his own head or anything. Like that. And he just said, you know, um, I got felt numb in my hand. Uh, obviously, it's as scary as that is. It's not as scary as, as feeling that way in your legs when you have time walking. That's even worse. Um, same. He was it was to be nervous and he, he didn't really feel uh, normal until the end of that weekend. Uh, they spent, uh, I think he was in the, uh, the hospital city Saturday and Sunday, obviously they left him, the team and they're not, not completely by himself, they left the athletic trainer uh, with him and obviously his, as they informed his mother as well uh, and she flew up from Florida to be there with him for some of that time, so he was there for a bit. Um, but that uh, was interesting, you know, he you know, has not felt any level of hesitance. Just said that uh, you know he this is kind of his mentality. You know, he you know, his nickname is monster. He considers himself a guy who plays tough and physical. Looks at it 110 miles an hour. Uh, once he got out, he wasn't thinking about it. Again. And I, I guess that's impressive. That uh, when you uh, go through something that scary, for him, you just kind of get back at it. And that sounds like what he did. Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times, my guest. Dustin, let's continue talking some football here to begin the segment. Uh, Big Ten has been really good, and I know that we've spent some time, all of us, writing about, talking about on this program just how very tough this IU schedule has been so far. There could be a little reprieve later in the season, but for a moment, let's just talk about Big Ten football right now, Dustin, how good it's been so far. Iowa with a big win over Penn State. They are highly ranked, maybe in consideration, depending on how things go the rest of the way. Uh, for a spot in the college football playoffs. Ohio State seems to be playing better football as well. 
Penn State quarterback injury may have kept them from having a legitimate chance to win that game against Iowa, although it was very close. We've talked about Michigan State, that they're kind of an upstart program, a lot better than what people expected. Michigan, not bad either, and I'm just kind of really getting into it when it comes to Big Ten football. This conference this year is very, very good, and it includes some teams having good seasons that I'm not sure a few months ago we thought would be teams that had good seasons at this point. No, absolutely, and it, it's really the Big Ten East in particular, plus Iowa. I mean, I, you're not uh, you're seeing some fading from Wisconsin and, and uh, you know Minnesota. Obviously, loses Muhammad Ibrahim, you know, in, in the first game, so that was an issue for them. But uh, you know, that Big Ten East plus Iowa is all in the top ten. You know, everybody you mentioned, and just happens to be. Uh, all teams that are on Indiana's schedule just makes the situation pretty brutal. Uh, but no, I think um, you know, obviously I think you knew going in that Ohio State was going to be pretty good. That Penn State was going to be much much better. I think everybody knew that Iowa had a chance to be a lot better, and I think they've been even better than advertised. Um, so you look at those games, and those were just um, you know those teams you had a sense. But like Michigan, Michigan State seemed to be uh, on a negative trajectory, uh, to be quite honest. Um, Michigan especially seemed to be, you know, you know, Indiana was clearly the better team in that game last year. Indiana shut out Michigan State last year. Uh, it was there was a, a vast difference uh, in talent level between where Indiana was and where those teams were uh, last year. And those teams have very much caught up very fast. Obviously, Michigan State was able to do it uh, in a lot of ways through the transfer for portal, in particular with the addition of Kenneth Walker that they brought in uh, from Wake Forest. They now he's a Heisman Trophy candidate leading, I think, he, I know he's leading the Big Ten, I think he's still leading the country uh, in rushing so far. And there, So that just makes Michigan State a completely different team. Got a couple good wide receivers, really good quarterbacks. That's going to be a tough one for Indiana on Saturday. Uh, but Michigan obviously is running the ball phenomenally well. Quarterback is not turning it over. Defense is playing pretty well. And uh, they don't have a big win yet. Um, and, you know, Michigan, Rutgers, or I'm sorry, Nebraska, Rutgers, Washington, uh, not necessarily standout victories, but all the same. It's clearly in a better place than they were. Michigan State's in a lot of better place than they were. Ohio State, what you expect. Uh, Penn State, sort of what you expect, but obviously they they took a bit of a downturn last year. Uh, got it back together, certainly. Like As you mentioned, uh, the drop-off was significant between uh, Clifford and uh, Taquan Rob Roberson on Saturday. Obviously changed the complexion of that game really, really fast. So, for, so Penn State's uh, fortunes largely determined on uh, Sean Clifford being back. Um, but all the same, they've played really well on both ends of the ball, uh, both ends, uh, both sides of the ball so far. So uh, definitely a, a big, um, you know, just big step in the right direction for the league uh, as a whole. Makes it much much tougher on Indiana because you know, dealing with that quality competition, especially in its division. Um, but uh, those teams made a big step, set block for the league right now. They are they have that many teams in the top ten right now. Yeah, really amazing. I think the SEC's done it. A number of times, I think 20-something times, the SEC has had five teams in the top ten. But as far as the Big Ten Conference goes, uh, first time that uh, I think in, in, for a long time or maybe ever, you can correct me if I'm wrong, that the Big Ten has had that mark in the AP top ten rankings. So speaking of, of the transfer portal, and, and you, as you were going through uh, some of the Big Ten teams that have used that, like Michigan State, to find some success maybe this year, I read a story yesterday from Dan Wetzel, one of my favorite national columnists that I thought was really good. It's titled, Welcome to College Football's New Era, Embrace the Madness. And kind of the highlight of that story is Will Levis, who we hear about in our media market because of UK football's success. Uh, he, a few years ago, was the backup quarterback at Penn State. 
that saw very little time in games and very little opportunity. But now, obviously, he's finding big success for Kentucky as their starting quarterback. That just is an example of how the transfer portal affects and in some situations helps college football. If a guy's not playing at one place and doesn't see a path in the very near or even immediate future to get playing time and can to contribute, transfer and find someplace else that you can contribute right away. And I thought Wetzel's column did a good job of breaking all that down. Yeah, no, I, I think um, you're obviously seeing just what how opportunity matters. I mean, I, I, obviously the coaches complain about it and say, you know, you're ultimately showing that you don't have that much grit to stick it out and see what's what's next if you if, you know if, if, if you commit to a program and stay there but there are absolutely situations where you know it's just not coming um, and, and you can you can't bank on it and if you want to develop uh, you got to find places where there's an opening I mean quarterback I think is obviously the place where you see that the most because um, you, you, you can't honestly argue with somebody that they'd be better off sitting for three years than starting someplace else and, and if you are the and you know, when a team needs a quarterback, it needs a quarterback, and you have an opportunity to develop. It, it, you just you don't get that same amount of opportunity to get better uh, if you're sitting there, you know, carrying a clipboard most of the time, uh, or or just flashing signals, or just being a backup. I mean, you, you get some reps in practice, but it's not the same game. So if if you get to start for three years for a start for one, um, you have a chance to develop a lot more. And obviously, you've, you've seen in the past. Uh, you know, when the, the transfer rules were different, when, when quarterbacks had to go down a level uh, to not have to sit out, you saw a lot of quarterbacks go uh, down to the FCS 1AA level um, and turn into star quarterbacks. You know, Joe Flacco comes to mind as one of those guys who didn't have a clear path at Pitt, uh, went to Delaware and, and you know, is, has won a Super Bowl with the Ravens. And so uh, you, you see a lot of those situations where, you know, again, there's just, especially at that position, there's only one guy you can really put out there at a time. It's not a rotational position, uh, and you know a lot of times guys have to have to move to get an opportunity. You know, Will Levis would be getting an, an opportunity right now with Clifford being hurt. It, it sucks. It, it's unfortunate uh, for Penn State that they that they lose you know that they lose him and, and there's Will Levis at Kentucky that, that could be their guy right now ripping it up. Um, but Will Levis didn't know that was going to happen. I mean, Clifford was ahead of him on the depth chart. And he didn't have a clear path if, if Clifford didn't get hurt. Uh, so he went someplace where there was a clean, clear path, where they're, they're, uh, they were in need of a quarterback, and he was able to step in and do it and uh, show that he's the star. You have a lot of situations like that, um, both the football level, I think, um, maybe you know, on, on some level probably less at basketball. Um, but, you know, especially at that position, you know, when you're blocked, you're blocked, and it's really hard to, to find an opportunity. And, um, you know, when you get one, uh, when you have some movement, you have an opportunity to go get that for yourself rather than staying at one place and waiting for it. Dustin Dilperak, Bloomington Herald Times, my guest. Uh, back to IU football, and good stuff there on the transfer portal, but back to IU football. The schedule ahead, Michigan State should be a good game, a possibly uh, a winnable game for Indiana. So hard to know with the quarterback situation and really the running back uh, spots up in the air as well for this team, but does the schedule uh, that's ahead, the lack of Iowa, Penn State, those sort of top-tier teams, and again, Michigan's still ahead. There are other good teams. I'm not trying to knock anyone remaining on Indiana, fo Indiana football's schedule, but does the schedule ahead appear to be opportunities for Indiana to pick up victories, to build confidence, to become bowl eligible, 
to get back to maybe the sort of uh, success that people hoped for and some predicted going into the season? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think, um, you know, when the season started, I mean, I was saying that there was a good chance uh, that they could come out of the first five games going into the bye week two and three um, and not be that bad. Uh, you know, basically the, 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 the teams that they were playing might end up being good enough that you would look at that and say, you know, two and three is ex- not even not acceptable. That's not the word necessarily, but, you know, two, three, two and three is about what you would expect because you have a couple games that are easily winnable, but you have a couple games that uh, are going to be really, really tough. And it comes out, you know, that all three of those losses are top ten losses. So now you go forward, and the, the thing about it is, especially I think with Michigan, Michigan State, you're not totally sure. Um, they're definitely tougher than they looked at the start of the season. You, you definitely look at those games and say, you know, that that is a tougher road to hoe uh, than I thought it would be when the year started, when I thought, you know, you had reason to believe that Michigan State was still going to be at the bottom of the Big Ten East uh, like they were a year ago, and they are not. Um, and now those two teams haven't played anybody that tells you that they definitely belong in the top ten. They're they're there because they're undefeated, and you know they're, those are their names, and they have an opportunity to move up in, in rankings when they do that. Um, but all the same, it's it's definitely that those teams definitely look more together uh, than they were a year ago than I thought they would be at this point. So it's a tougher schedule than you thought it would be. But still, like as you mentioned, there still are more opportunities there. Even if Michigan and Michigan State are as good as advertised, you still got. Maryland, which is beatable, Rutgers, which is beatable, uh, you know, um, who am I forgetting? Uh, Minnesota, which, which out Ibrahim is, is beatable, uh, and Purdue, which is beatable. Um, so, so those games, they can get uh, get some help there in, in those. They have a chance to win all four of those. Um, you know, they frankly, should still be able to win all four of those and be 6-6. Six 6-6 and six. Six and six is still a disappointment for this team. Uh, obviously, a team that came in, uh, ranked in the top 25, you know, started a season that way for the first time since the 60s. Uh, so it, it is still going to feel like a disappointment, I think, for Indiana if they only go six and six and, and, and get into a lower tiered bull game. I mean, I think you, you want to run the table out of this or come close to running the table and go eight and four. You know, drop one to Ohio State, but you you know you go into this thinking Michigan and Michigan State are teams that you should be able to beat. Um, but at this point, I think uh, considering how things have started and, and the fact that this, the level of play hasn't been as good as they expected it to be. Uh, they'll take six and six just to get a bowl game out of this year um, and not feel like it was a complete disaster. Um, so th- there are opportunities in this stretch. It's definitely easier. The, the last seven are easier than the first five, uh, but they are more difficult than they looked like when the season started. Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times, my guest. Dustin, let's get into some basketball here before we close out today. Uh, you know, I've had some time this week to really think about this IU team, and uh, the season is almost here. We're through the media days at IU and the Big Ten media day as well. We've heard a lot from Coach Woodson here this offseason. I think one of the more surprising storylines of interest is, to me, Rob Finnessy. Uh There are some new players that uh, raise eyebrows. You're intrigued about Trace Jackson Davis and other returning players there's reason to be intrigued about but I'm not sure that I ever thought uh, just three weeks from the start of the season that Rob Finnessy would be one of the players representing IU basketball at Big Ten Media Days I'm not sure that I ever thought Rob Finnessy would receive the verbal praise that he has from Coach Woodson and Coach Fife here in the offseason and I know not a game has been played yet but clearly there is something going on in practices on campus with Rob 
that have coaches helpful that he really can be an integral part of this team, which I think everyone felt he would be at this point uh, when he committed to IU out of McCutcheon High School in Lafayette. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think um, I got to talk to Dane Fife a little bit about him. I did a piece on, on Rob uh, over the weekend. And, um, you know, Dane especially really believes in him because um, I, I, I think Dane looks back and sees some of the contributions Rob made in, in, game, in the games that Indiana won against Michigan State and said, you know, that's a, that's a point guard you like to have. I mean, I, like when he's on, when, when he's good, um, he, he looks like that sort of sturdy rock point guard that uh, you can build a Big Ten team around. I mean, he, he's not necessarily at all, never necessarily played like an all-Big Ten first-team talent, but, you know, has some of that look like this, this is a guy that's always going to make the smart play, cares about defense, um, and, and has some ability, has some talent, uh, and, and, you know, has a pretty good demeanor about him. You know, you, you don't see him, um, uh, you know, basically you never see his facial expression change, and you kind of look at that whole package and say, all right, you know, that's a guy that, that you can build around, and it, and it hasn't gone the way that it should. I mean, he, he hasn't, uh, you know, he, when, when things have gone bad, like he just hasn't shown a lot of confidence. He hasn't done anything dumb, um, but he's disappeared. He's, he's sort of, uh, you know, just re- retreated a little bit into a shell when he hasn't been able to make shots or when he's turned the ball over, and he hasn't turned the ball over very much, but he just, when he feels like it's not working, he doesn't, take chances he doesn't force the issue and there's something to be said for that but it, you know at the end of the day you need a little bit more production um you need a guy that's got to take going to be able to take some risk and um you know i, I know mike woodson and, and dane have both said hey you, you got to take some chances you got to push it a little bit uh your turnover number is probably too low uh you probably need to put yourself in more positions um when you're trying to make something happen because you know it, it's not any better uh, to just not take any chances and not get any assists and not get any points. I mean, like, you're, you're not getting, you know, like, if, if you're just kind of pushing us toward a shot clock violation, you're not really um, doing, you're, you're not doing enough. Um, so we can live with some turnovers. We can live with some risks if there's a little bit more reward there. Um, and so shoot the basketball, you know, push, push, the, push the tempo, attack off the dribble, try to find guys in the corner. Uh, you know, just just do what you can to create a little bit more dynamism there. Um, and it seems like he's taken that serious. I mean, I, 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 he spent a lot of time thinking about his mentality this offseason. I talked to him about this book he read by Dave Anderson. I uh, was big on self-help books called uh, uh, Intentional Mindset, you know, Developing Mental Toughness and a Killer Instinct, which I think is almost sort of too on the, new, on the nose if you're an IU fan. It's like, like this is what you've been talking about for years. You know, Rob needs a killer instinct. Uh, but he's taken it serious and invested in that idea, invested in trying to uh, show more of that and, and show some more. You know, not he's, he's always showed some guts and some you know guts and some grits, but he doesn't hasn't shown a lot of daring uh, really in his time in Indiana. And I think that's something that, that, that Indiana wants to see more of and that they're seeing more of in practice. I think the um, you know his his line in um, Bahamas is kind of encouraging. I and mean, even though he's only two two of twelve from the field. It was like, hey, he's, he's taking shots. He's pushing the issue, and he wasn't playing that many minutes. Um, so, you know, it's like, okay, he's looking for a shot. He had nine assists over two games. Again, and he wasn't starting. You know, Xavier Johnson was getting um, more minutes than he was at the point. And so, you know, nine assists over two games for Rob is way above his average. You know, it's three, he's 3.4 for his career. Um, and actually, I don't think it's even that much. I think it's 3, 3.4 might be a career high for him. I think he's around 3.1 um, for his career. So him being at... Uh, four and a half over two games in the Bahamas when he's not starting 
is telling you who's pushing the issue a little bit more. Uh, so I, I think that's a big piece. I mean, they certainly believe in him as a defender. Um, you know, they'll obviously be able to go to him when they want somebody that's more steady-handed because Xavier Johnson is a gambler. Uh, you know, his, his numbers bear that out. He's a guy that gets, gets a lot of steals on defense, gets a lot of turnovers on offense, but also gets a lot of points and a lot of assists. Um, so, you know, Xavier's a gambler. Rob has not been, but I think they want a little bit more of Rob and Xavier and a little bit more of Xavier and Rob. Absolutely. That is Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times. Dustin, as always, thanks for the chat on IU football and some basketball as well, and we'll catch up next week. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right, Dustin Dopirak with us as always on Wednesdays. We'll head to a commercial break and come back with our final segment here on this Wednesday program. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, will be my guest presented by Major League Shirt Company. I tell you what, it's been such a busy week with all the news and recruiting updates and so forth. We really haven't spent much time talking about the sectional pairings, which came out on Sunday evening for the upcoming high school football state tournament. So we'll talk high school football this week as the regular season just about over with in our state. And we'll take a look ahead at high school football postseason coming up very soon. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. Welcome back to the show. Wednesday program, final segment. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune is my guest. This segment each week presented by Major League Shirt Company. They offer custom apparel to meet all of your needs, including t-shirts, uniforms, corporate wear, and promotional items. Let Major League Shirt Company outfit your team or organization today. Visit mlshirtco.com to find out more. That's mlshirtco.com. Josh, we've got all sorts of high school sports to talk about in this segment. I want to first start with the final week of the regular season coming up. The big game, a rivalry game, headlining the schedule, New Albany and Floyd Central. Yeah, huge, huge game with uh, huge implications. You know, uh, New Albany's trying to win that first uh, Hoosiers Conference title since 2002, and uh, uh, Floyd Central's trying to play spoiler, so it should be a really good game with plenty on the line. Uh, you know, it should be a it should be a hopefully hopefully an exciting atmosphere. I know it's still fall break, but uh, you know, hopefully hopefully it'll be a good crowd. Josh, as we get ready for the postseason, I think New Albany stands out. They've already clinched a share, at least a share, of the Hoosier Hills Conference. Silver Creek again has had a really solid season. Uh, other moments or teams or players or anything you'd like to highlight from what we've seen so far this regular season, which is just about in the books. It will be Friday night. Yeah, I mean, obviously, New Albany's a big big story at, at this point just because, uh, you know, they're, they're in line to, to win, the, win the conference if they, if they can beat Floyd on Friday night, which, you know, obviously isn't a given because Floyd's, Floyd's 
uh, a good team and they've got a really good defense. So it's you know it won't be easy, but uh, you know if they if they can win, that'll be that'll be the big story of the year, I think. And then you know after that, it'll be they'll be the favorite probably as long as they can win Friday night, they'd be the favorite heading into the sectional too. So you know that'll that'll be big. And then uh, other ones, just uh, you know it's it's been a good year all around. Uh, you know, some of the big standouts, I know Robert Lamar is having a huge year at Clarksville. He's rushing for about 200 yards a game almost. So, you know, he's, he's probably one of the big, uh, one of the big standouts individually. And then, you know, there's, there's some other, uh, there's some other players who are playing really well too. But, uh, you know, that's probably, those are probably the big ones so far. Josh, sectionals set up for a week from Friday night for most teams, unless someone received a buy. And that kind of depends on the number of teams in each sectional. And, in some cases, what class you're in, but uh, some interesting pairings. I'm curious as you take a look at them, and we reviewed them in our headline segment a little earlier today, what sectional do you think a local team has the best chance to win? Uh, definitely the 5A sectional. Um, uh, again, I, I like I like New Albany to win it, but, um, you know, Floyd could play spoiler. Um uh, but Floyd and Jeff play play again. Surprise, surprise! They meet again in the uh, in the sectional. This will be the uh, their their fifth meeting on the field in, in the past two years. So that they uh, they should know each other pretty well by this point. Uh, that's the first round game. So uh, you know, but Melbourne will have to have to win a couple games to to win a sectional. But I, I still like them as uh, as the favorite to win uh, locally. You know all the. All the other teams are in are in tough sectionals. I, I'm not sure any other team is is gonna gonna be able to win one, but uh, we might have a team, another team, get to a final or something. But you know, they're, they're, the so the sectionals are so tough, especially in uh, 4A where Silver Creek is and 3A where Charleston is too. They're it's just really, really, really tough. So, uh, uh, you know, it'd be tough for one of those teams to win it. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. Josh, what a busy time it is for high school sports last week and this week I think you've got uh, probably hours and hours of overtime so many different sports and postseason lots of sectionals going on uh, probably a tough question to recall all this unless you've got it in front of you but we've had a number of soccer sectional champions we've had some other sports with local teams having success as well highlight some of those accomplishments here in the last week or so yeah exactly Saturday's definitely last this past Saturday and then this Saturday definitely two of the busiest Saturdays of the year that's for sure last Saturday we had uh you know several uh, sectional finals in, in soccer we had you know, three local girls soccer teams win in, in Floyd Central and and Silver Creek and Providence and then in boys soccer we had Providence win so th- those teams all won and then we also had the uh, uh cross country sectionals so we had uh floyd central sweep the boys and the girls at crawford county then we had uh charlestown win the uh the girls sectional at austin so we'll have uh this this saturday we'll have uh sectional volleyball semifinals and finals and then we'll have cross-country regionals and uh maybe some soccer regional championships as well Talking with Josh Cook, local sports, the subject here in our final segment. Uh, Josh, want to highlight Romeo Langford. He plays tonight for uh, against Orlando for the Celtics, obviously. Lots of players out tonight. I was reading the injury report this morning. You've got a couple guys down for the Celtics with COVID. Some of the other veterans 
and starters not going to play tonight in this preseason game. Uh, should be a good chance for Romeo to get some minutes. In fact, there was uh, a column I read a few days ago that maybe arguing a case that Romeo Langford could be a starter this year for Boston, depending on which direction they want to go with their lineup. Do they want to maybe start two bigs as opposed to another guard or wing player? But he is making some momentum and or maybe building some momentum is the right way to say it in the preseason and at least setting himself up for a chance to be in the rotation, I think, this regular season. Yeah, I think uh, he should have a good chance to start tonight, I believe, since you, as you mentioned, they got some guys out, and then, uh, you know, maybe he can start Friday night, too, in their final preseason game, which I believe is on ESPN, too, on Friday night. But, uh, yeah, he's he's, uh, he's got a good chance to get some momentum going here, going into the regular season. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that'd be, that'd be great to see him see him in the starting lineup maybe for the uh maybe for the season opener we'll see but yeah he he played uh he, he played well the other night and that that followed up you know him hitting the the game winner in the in the first preseason game so uh, i think he was what five or six from the field the other night uh so you know yeah good, good start for him and uh hopefully he can keep that momentum going and uh you know end of the season obviously it's a big season for him you know his third year contract year so um uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see if he can do it. But what what is he shooting like eighty something percent from three point range in the preseason? Yeah, eighty three percent. So that's so that's just outstanding. So that's great. Hopefully, he can, he can keep that going. Yeah, obviously, we don't expect him to shoot it from that clip for the majority of the season. But uh, he's off to a good start, and that's I think welcome news for him. There's there's no question about it. One other local player, Rondale Moore. He's not had a touchdown or big numbers like he did one game earlier in the year. But, boy, has he had some good catches. Uh, Josh, he had a catch at a game Sunday that made all the highlight reels uh, from NFL highlights over the weekend. He continues to show that he's going to have a real piece, a real role on that team and a bright future in the NFL. Yeah, unbelievable catch the other day. I don't know how he got his uh, his two feet in bounds uh, like he did, but that was that was just great. You know, it's just a, it's just the kind of play uh, – that we've come to expect from Rondell, you know, he just makes those spectacular plays, and he was uh, he was the team's leading rusher the other day. He only ran it for uh, three or four times, I think. But uh, you know, Arizona is definitely the probably the big surprise of the season so far. The only undefeated team, I think. So, you know, it's it's great for them. They they play uh, Cleveland this Sunday, and that'll be a big one. So, you know, we'll see if uh, see if they can they can keep it rolling. But Rondell, you know, he's he's one of the playmakers. Uh, for that team, you know, they've, uh, they've got several playmakers, but he's proven that he can he can be one on that team as well. And Josh, while we're on local guys having success, you know, Drew Ellis, former Jeffersonville baseball, UofL baseball standout, uh, he had some time with the Diamondbacks at third base this year, had some good moments for them. We was sent back down to finish the year at Triple A, uh, and I saw last week he was named a Triple A All Star. He went on a real tear when he returned to Reno, the AAA site of the Diamondbacks organization, and uh, clearly was just one of their top players and recognized as one of the best in minor league baseball. Yeah, had a, just a great, great year in AAA for Drew. Uh, you know, he really, as you mentioned, he, he hit the cover off the ball. When he came back down, I don't, maybe he was mad about getting sent down, you know, rightfully so, I think. You know, it was the end of the year. I don't know why he couldn't. They couldn't have kept him up there for for the last few weeks, and uh, he could have finished the season there. But, but uh, yeah, I mean, he, he played uh, he played outstanding. So, you know, it's a thing that hopefully he can keep that momentum going and, and uh, into next year, and maybe he can 
you know, get a get a. I'm sure he'll be there in, in spring training with the club, and then maybe he can, uh, you know, make the big league club from the start of the year next year. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. Josh, we are closing out on fall sports. We mentioned how busy things have been the last few weeks. Basketball season just around the corner. Beginning to chat with some of the coaches. We've had Jim Shannon of New Albany on. Also, Andrew Grants of Jeff, and a few weeks ago, Brandon Hoffman of Silver Creek had some of the top players for the upcoming season on recently as well. We'll be doing more of that between now and the official start of the season. But I tell you what, as as we look across the area, not just 4A, but other classes as well, I think we've got local teams that are setting themselves up to have a chance at success in the tournament. And once again this year, we know the highlights, we know the key players but there's another rung of players, another level of players, I think, that are ready to stand out. And we'll see multiple teams from this area be very good once again this year. I think, I guess my point here is an early thought on basketball. We're setting up for what could be, I think, a deep year for the area to have some really good basketball moments. Yeah, I think so, too. You know, we've uh, we've gotten spoiled in this area the last few years with uh, (laughs) – sectional titles, regional titles, and uh, most recently state titles. So that's great. I don't know if we'll have a state champion this year, but we've got, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have some teams that, that maybe could be, will definitely be in the mix for sectional titles and maybe regional titles. And then, you know, after that, who knows? But, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you got to start with Jeff. I definitely expect uh, uh, Jeff to be the favorite in the sectional and then, you know, possibly the regional and, and and then, uh, you know, obviously after that, who knows what's going to happen. But uh, I, I definitely like their, their chances um, this season and uh, look forward to seeing what they can do. But, yeah, it's, it's going to be a good year. Looking forward to it. You know, holy cow, it's going to be here before we know it. Uh, it's right around the corner. But uh, it'll be – I'm sure it'll be another exciting season in, in, uh, in southern Indiana. Yeah, no question. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune this segment, is brought to you by Major League Shirt Company. If you're looking to raise money for your organization, your team, or your event, let Major League Shirt Company's online fan stores work for you. You can outfit fans and raise money with very little effort. Major League even does the sorting. All you have to do is cash the check. Find out more about Major League Shirt Company at mlshirtco.com. That's mlshirtco.com. Josh, thanks for the chat today. Thanks for the work of you and all the News and Tribune sports team for the great coverage, which people can read in the print edition each day or online at newsandtribune.com sports. And when we talk next, it will be sectional week in the high school football season, and we look forward to that conversation. That's right, and uh, good luck to all the, all the teams in postseason play this week and next week. Thanks so much, Absolutely. Matt. Absolutely. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. That is going to wrap things up for this Wednesday program. We'll be back with you on Thursday, and I can tell you looking ahead, we'll have Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall on to talk IU basketball. We'll also have Chris Grenham. He's the Boston Celtics beat writer for Forbes Sports. He's going to be on to talk Romeo, the Celtics, and perhaps what his role uh, on the Celtics will be for the upcoming season. So join us for that tomorrow. Uh, And, of course, more on our Thursday edition of the program. And a reminder, if you ever can't join us live, all you got to do is uh, check out the podcast. Wherever you listen to podcasts, just search for The Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You can subscribe, listen for free, and glad to have you with us no matter how you join us each and every day on the program. And just a reminder... 
that Thornton's text line always open. Send in your questions and thoughts and comments for tomorrow's show at 502-414-1450. That's 502-414-1450. Have a great hump day. Back with you Thursday. This has been the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. <laughs>